Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Stop doing those diet or workout fads to lose weight. Use the tried-and-true approach from Rock and That Idea Life that helps you find balance while enjoying food in moderation and nourishing your body. Try the Lean 30 program at rockandthatidealife.com and let today be your last first day of your weight loss journey. When buying or selling your home, you need to feel protected. Realtor Mike Burgoyne not only looks out for your interests, but as a St. Louis area police officer, will make sure you feel safe and well-informed with every decision. Email Mike at strikewithmike.com and start the process today. That's Mike at strikewithmike.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, somehow, someway, they are celebrating 13 years as the original and longest-running St. Louis Blues Podcast. Are you sure? Like, no one even thought they'd make 13 episodes. I mean, literally, all they talk about is drinking beer and and hockey. It's 13 seasons already? I guess somehow it works. Ladies and gentlemen, ponder, price, and day. This is Let's Go Blues Radio, season 13, and your show starts now. Welcome to episode number two of season 13. This is episode number 433, all time of the often imitated, never duplicated. I didn't put anything here, so I don't have anything clever to say. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. <laughs> Special thanks to our sponsors, rockin'thatidealife.com, strikewithmike.com, and centericeberry.com for, once again, probably sponsoring the show. Please, please, pretty please, with uh, sugar on top, please check them out. Uh, also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for the very best St. Louis Blues themed t-shirts at an unbelievably fair price. It is Wednesday, October 18th, and we're streaming live right now on YouTube, Facebook, and the Twitters. To interact with the show on social media, our handle is on all the socials is at LGB Radio. I'm Kurt Price, my co-host for the big shoe tonight are fresh off their litigation, their notoriety, their subsequent deportation to Canada, and that country's refusal to accept them. They are Bill Day and Jeff Ponder. I recycled that one because I wanted to use it again. I liked it. I, I, I did get a chuckle out of that Yeah, one. and you weren't here last week to be in, here in person for it. So uh, The agenda for tonight includes discussion of boots. The uh, Blues earned three or four points in the first two games of the season, each going to a shootout. We'll talk about that. Uh, Jeff Ponder goes off on advanced goaltender stats. Bushnevich gets hurt. Uh, the Blues' first-round draft pick has been released from his Swedish team. We'll talk about that a little bit. And um, all that more on this edition of Let's Go Blues Radio. Jeff, uh, welcome back this week. Uh, how was your anniversary last week? Uh, it was it was fine. Uh, number nine, which, you know, I kept making jokes uh, because apparently there is, like, something for every anniversary like you know the silver anniversary the gold anniversary so i kept making jokes i'm like oh is this this the paper anniversary is this the chair anniversary chair there does seem i no there's not i'm just making it up every time i would say specific (laughs) every time we would talk about our ninth anniversary i'd be like oh yeah this is the uh the the water anniversary you know and i would change it every time so yeah it it was nothing special we went and had dinner uh tucker's which is a, a wonderful steakhouse uh, a couple different locations here in st louis i don't think they're on the illinois side i want to say west county uh south county and downtown i don't know but 
Either way, great restaurant uh, and uh, very fairly priced. And then we came home and uh, watched the movie Beast, which was garbage. <laughs> I tried to watch it, um, and I think I fell asleep. But uh, not because of how bad it was. It was like I was very tired, and that was the that was the reason. Well, you didn't miss much. Uh, we watched it literally because we both love Idris Elba. Um, and I thought it, you know, I was like, well, as far as like action kind of horror movies go, a giant lion trying to eat people. That sounds like it's at least entertaining. Cujo, but with lions. Uh, yeah. And it, it just wasn't. The story was bad, as bad as you would imagine. And the action wasn't that cool. Uh, so yeah, it was just a little bit of a lot of like waiting around is basically what we saw. It was like, oh, the lion's coming. Oh my god. Oh wait, no, he's not. Oh, here comes the lion. Oh wait, that's not a lion. And it's just stop it. Just fucking make the lion kill everyone and then end the movie. That's all we want. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is the what's the tenth anniversary? Is it um uh a blindfold and whip or no? That's 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 oh. a little different. Well, if that's the case, that's been our anniversary every year. <laughs> You're ahead of the game. That's right. No, we uh, so we did something fun for our when we got married. Uh, for any of you single people, when you get married, this is a fun idea. Instead of having a guest book at the wedding, we actually had people sign wine bottles. Uh, we had special labels made. Uh, there was a one-year, a five-year, a 10-year, and a 25-year uh, bottle. And so it's kind of fun. So we're looking forward to next year because we did it on the one and the five. Uh, in, in 10, we get to open that wine bottle, and we um, get to see who signed it. You know, like, it's not always the same people. It's always oh. different. And we haven't looked since. So, you, so, so it's not it's, like it's, you can't see the – it's, like, wrapped in something or it's in a – Box. Yeah, yeah. We well, we've got it in a box. Ah, okay. Um, so that way, like, we just literally go in and we pull it out, and we not only do we drink the wine, but we sit there while we're drinking the wine and look at who signed it. it it's actually a really cool idea. Hmm. I we got it I think from Pinterest. If you get divorced, uh, then what happens to the wine bottle? <sighs> I guess we just need to drink them before that, we sign the papers. Yeah, you know, the the the, uh, the wine bottle idea is pretty presumptuous. <laughs> it is. How, how far does it go? How many years out? Uh, we're at 25 years is, is the last one. Wow, okay. Yeah. All right. So we got two left, 10 years and 25 years. Okay. Nice. Yep. Well, if you have, you know, motiv- it gives you motivation to stay together. <laughs> yes, that's the only reason we're still together. We got to make the 25, Jess. Come on. We can do this. Yep. <laughs> and then you get there and realize somebody left it out in the hot garage. So it's oh, vinegar. Yeah. Yeah, where's the store oh, right now? God. Where's the store now? Is it like in a cool, dry place? Yeah, it's uh, it's in the unfinished part of the basement, in actually in a cooler that I have. Okay. So, yeah, it's good. Right. <laughs> Do yep. you, is it is each wine bottle the same kind of wine, or is it different? Yes, and it's unfortunate because I'm not a fan of that wine. Ah. <laughs> so I'm like, hopefully with age, it gets better. Well, every better. seven years, your taste buds are supposed to change. So maybe That's by true. then, you will be. Is that Maybe. true? Very true. Every seven years, your taste buds change? It's an average, yes. But yeah, that is a true statement. Oh. You're, apparently, your body just adapts and changes. And as it does that to all of its surroundings, it, it also changes your taste buds. <laughs> Mr. Wizard over here. I was not expecting that kind of an answer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I looked this up, actually, because I was also intrigued. Oh, nice. All right, Bill Nye. 
<laughs> uh, Vanessa Graf. Let's uh, let's show our friend Vanessa here. Uh, she says, "Do you guys talk about wine to start the show?" Yes, apparently we do. Was that was in there before we started talking about wine, or was it just now? <laughs> no, I think she literally popped in and heard us talking about wine okay. and said, "What the hell isn't this a blue show?" Yeah, <laughs> well, is, she, is she new to the show because we don't talk hockey for a good five ten minutes. Yeah, no, at least <laughs> right. And um, starting next week, we're not going to do beers at the show. We're going to do wines at the show. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And we got to drink with our pinkies up. Pinkies up. Do you drink yep. wine, pinky? I guess you do. The, uh, I mean, I don't. I I, I hold do you, it like. Do this. you aerate your uh, wine when you in your mouth when you drink it? No. Oh, no. I just drink oh, it. I do. I do. You got to aerate your wine. I'm not that fancy. You got to yeah. you, you open it and let it breathe before you pour it. Well, but sure, but you got to aerate one... it. It gets the flavor going. You get the air, bu- air bubbles. If you if you leave it open for too long, it turns back into grapes. You know the. <laughs> You know those little whistles, those little bird whistles you fill with water, and when you blow into them, they sound like a bird chirping? Remember those mm-hmm. as a kid? Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. kind of the effect you get when you aerate the wine in your mouth. It's like the, the sound without the whistle, right? little mm. gurgling sound. It's very attractive. <laughs> You'll have to demonstrate next week. Yeah, right. Are we having wine next week? Is that the thing? I mean, why not? We could all, uh, what are we doing? Let's get together next <laughs> week. Let's all have a, a bottle of wine and... and... Knock it out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we can have a fireside show. We'll do the, do the Steel of Calgary Flames uh, podcast. I do the fireside chat show. <laughs> we'll have wine with a bearskin rug. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's we can all, We can all, all come over and do it from the hot tub. Sexy like on it. Yeah. Well, it's 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 not in commission right now. <laughs> uh, too I'm much action? It. So maybe, yes, exactly. Maybe by next week. Okay. <laughs> uh yeah it's in the middle of being cleaned for the winter i clean it twice a year gotcha. so it is it is right in the middle of that um well if we're kind of ready to get into some stuff uh i have an announcement i wanted to make real quick mm-hmm. just wanted to shout out a uh listener of the show uh my sister works with her her name is i'm gonna say andrea if i'm saying it incorrectly i apologize andrea benmavar andrea benmavar uh, so I just wanted to give you a call out. My sister says that you are an awesome coworker, apparently, which my sister and I, okay. So quick story. My sister is four years older than me. She's always looked younger. I've always looked older. So Wait, when we, cause we used to, you're, you're yeah. older than she is. No, she is oh, older okay. than me. I misunderstood. I was like, but she looks younger and I look gotcha. older. So we actually looked when we were like, when I was like 19, 20, we looked about the same age. And we used to hang out. We had a lot of the same friends. We worked together. And people always thought they just assumed we were dating. And that is oh. so awkward when you have a sister uh, to be like, oh, how long have you guys been together? No, 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 that's not okay. Yeah. And so apparently it, it relates back to this. So I guess Andrea asked my sister, she goes, hey, does your husband have a blues podcast? And she's like, no, but my brother does. And she's like, oh, well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, which one does your husband have then? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you asked about her pronunciation. I think if you pronounce, if if she pronounces it Andrea, and if you pronounce it Andrea, I think you're doing her a favor. I think Andrea sounds... I, I classier. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> oh no, no, I'm not that fancy. It's Andrea. <laughs> right. If it's Andrea, <laughs> I'm not that fancy. I'd be like if I was like I'm Joffrey. Right. 
Yes, Joffrey. Like Joffrey Loophole. Yeah, or like Joffrey from <laughs> Fresh Principal Air. Well, I believe he was still Jeffrey. Was he Jeffrey? Joffrey? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Let's look that up. You might be right. Uh, the official beers, I guess, we're not doing wine. Official beers of episode number 433. <laughs> you can follow each of us on the Untapped app. Our handle is, my handle is CPRICE12, Jeff's is JPonder94, and Bill's is Billy Blue Note 33 um, We haven't established an order this season, have we? So... Season thirteen, episode right. two. Right. Considering uh, first, first, you know, we weren't all here first week. Right, right. What? Why don't you go first, Bill? Sure. All right. So I am just going with the tried and true, the Sam Adams Oktoberfest in a can. Ooh, oh. very nice. <laughs> that's my backup. That, that's my backup beer. Ponder one up you with the bottle. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I this uh, this time of year I I fill the uh, the top level of my beer fridge with cans you know, of Oktoberfest and just easy to grab and drink at any point during this season. You know, Amy and I were at Global Brew for the Blues game on Saturday, and uh, she asked if they had any Oktoberfest beer, and the bartender is a is a. I was going to say she was a woman. I don't know why that's that's not important to the story. <laughs> <laughs> I I pulled up my grandma there. Um, she uh, yeah she she grew up in New York. Uh, she's twenty seven. Yeah. Like just yeah. more information. Yeah, useless there. information. Um, but she we asked if they had an Oktoberfest beer. So we didn't see any on the on the board, and didn't want didn't feel like looking through all the taps. And she goes, no no no, that was that was September. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> October. It's October, and you probably should have Oktoberfest beer during right. October. You're a global brewer. You have like 70 beers on tap. You know, let's, uh, mm-hmm. right. you can't you, slip one Oktoberfest in there. Right. You you can carry it over. Yes, we get it. Oktoberfest, the festival happens in September, but the beer is still good in October. Right. Well, and the, the problem here, in, in, at least in the Midwest and the South, I would imagine too, is like the weather is still pretty damn warm in September. So for me, like Oktoberfest tastes better when it's, a little nicer out. Yeah. So right now is perfect October. To me, festival. to me, you it need not that case a month you ago. You need both Oktoberfest and pumpkin beer in the stores at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Agree. And Sam Adams has that marketing down pat. Unfortunately, it mm-hmm. started July 31st this year. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. We're gonna have Oktoberfest in April next year. It's fucking nuts. Well, we're already having Christmas. So yeah, right. Oh yeah, we are. Um, all right, so mine, uh, I'm also going with Sam Adams tonight, uh, but I'm going with, I had never had this before. I got the sampler pack, Sam Adams uh, Flannel Fest. So you can see that that nice, I know, Kurt, you're a big artwork guy. Mm-hmm, I like, like that. I, it's not, it's very simple, but it's very cool. Like it's you know, like a flannel less shirt. Less is more, man. Less is more. Yep. Yeah. Um, what we used to call, good. back in the day, we used to call that flannel. Flannel. Yeah, plaid flannel. Flannel. Plaid yeah. flannel. <clears throat> No, it's uh, what it's, is it? it's it. I feel like I should be wearing a flannel shirt as I drink. Is this. it ale? Um, what well, was it? It's a Munich Dunkel. Dunkel. Okay. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it's similar to, but I mean it's it's dark it's German. and is it, it like is a, tasty. Is it like a red? No. Is Dunkel like a red? Mm. I don't think so. It's not a red. Okay. Because no. I I, I want to say it's very German, right? I'm not. I don't think I'm a huge mm. fan of Dunkel beers. It almost tastes like a porter. Really? I like porter. It's very good. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, my beer this evening is the um, I, I have found one of the. This is like this is probably two or three years old. Um, the last one, O'Fallon oatmeal, uh, oatmeal cookies, oatmeal stout. Original Dad's O'Fallon oatmeal Dad's cookies, oatmeal stout. Yeah, oatmeal cookie stout. It's pretty good beer. I like it, and uh, I just I've had it. In my fridge was the last one. I just never really tapped into it until this evening. There you go. Um, let's get into it. I guess, huh, boys? Pavel Bush, let's do Pavel it. Bushnevich, out for an undisclosed amount of time. Will be reevaluated on Sunday. Sustained he uh, sustained an upper body injury on Saturday against the Kraken and did not return. Left late in the first period. Uh, Brewery didn't know the severity, but did rule out a concussion. Um, I think they're optimistic about him only missing a short amount of time. Um, uh, people were pissed off um, online about this play, calling it dirty, saying that you know the, the I forgot the guy who, who uh, cross checked him down behind the boards against the uh, behind the goal. On, was it McKeon? No, it's uh, Alexia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your thoughts? Was it? You think it was dirty? You think it was? No. It's a hockey play, right? No, it was, a hockey, yeah. it was a hockey. Yeah. play. He just went in. He kind of went on the boards awkwardly, a little bit. I thought, but Bell, do you Bill? Do you agree? Disagree? Mm. <laughs> no. I, it, it's. It was a. Just I don't know. I. I I didn't have a big reaction to it when I saw it. And, you know, just the fact that Booch is out, you know, I think that's leading a lot of people to, uh, to the conclusion it was dirty, but I don't know. He's one of the guys that we have a strong opinion. Okay. He's one of the guys that we talked about before the season, as far as needing to stay healthy, if this team is going to be going to do anything, he's one of those key guys. And, um, it's a little discouraging that, you know, he's hurt already <laughs> after uh he got hurt in the second game. So um hopefully he's out a week or two and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, when you see reevaluated, that's that when I see that word, I'm always like, Oh fuck. But the fact that he's being reevaluated within basically within the same week he was hurt, eight days, I guess. <clears throat> um it 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 did make me say, okay, if he if they're reevaluating him that quickly, we're talking. I think mid next week. I think he he could be could be back. Uh, I think definitely by next weekend. Well, they said uh, just because that is such a short time yeah. frame to have to reevaluate. Yeah, him. and uh, when he went down in the game, Jamie Rivers mentioned that he was seen to be holding his ribs. Uh, was kind of hunched over a little bit. Could have been his ribs. Could have been a wrist. Could have been. You know, shoulder could have been a lot of stuff. You know, hunched over, just get the bench. But he came back on the ice. He he broke his stick behind the yeah. goal, came back and went and got a stick on the bench, and then came back on the ice for a few seconds until um, uh, shot on goal, and then the I think it, it was stoppage and play, uh, and then he went right back to the bench again, kind of yeah. holding something. So uh, hopefully he's he's not hurt too bad and um, won't miss a lot of time. Yeah, and we'll see. The, you know, the Blues stupid schedule you know two games five days off is you know that's gonna help yeah, out here a little sure. bit right sure well i mean it can only help right maybe that's what the blues had in mind when they were you know kind of helping the nhl create their schedule like hey we know booch neighbors either gonna get sus- <laughs> well suspended wouldn't, wouldn't help matter. we know he's gonna get hurt either him or blay or scandela 
Perunovic. Like, let's go ahead and just build in like a, a couple extra days so these guys can heal. If this was MLB and it was a pitcher getting suspended, because they suspend pitchers based on days, you know, right. not starts. Yep. So, <laughs> sus, you know, suspending it hurt for five days. Oh, what? he misses one start. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, I want to Justin Scott in the chat. I want to get to your yep. comment because I there's a lot to talk yep. about with that. So just hang tight. We will talk about okay. um, yeah, I saw, Mike Van Ryan. I saw that too. And defense. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Agreed. Uh, so we will get into that uh, as well as the uh, Blues' first game against the Stars, the uh, shootout loss in the opener. Um, but we are due for a break. You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. New commercials. We'll return after these messages. We've all tried a diet or workout fad at one time or another, but it always ends the same, right? We either lose the weight and then get back to our routine, but then put the weight right back on, or it just simply never takes hold. It's time to move into a habit-based program that focuses on organization and simplicity. Rockin' That Ideal Life's Lean 30 lays it all out for you with the correct food to eat, how to meal prep, and even sprinkles in plenty of healthy recipes. With Lean 30, you'll get the full ID Life arsenal, including energy for that needed kick, a tasty nourish shake for your needed fiber intake, slim plus Plus, to help control your cravings and provide a metabolic boost, lean capsules help bust those sugar cravings, and IED Nutrition gives you the added punch you need that takes the guesswork out of what supplements to take. Join the many who are seeing success and make this your last first day on a new program. Visit rockandthatidealife.com to get started. And remember to email Dustin at rockandthatidealife at gmail.com for an extra 10% off exclusively for Let's Go Blues radio listeners. Start your transformation to the confident, vibrant person you've always wanted to be with rockandthatidealife.com. Centerized Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery beer today. LGB. Let's go beer. St. Louis hockey fans know how it takes a reliable captain and a team of hard workers to achieve major goals. As a police officer and a hockey player, realtor Mike Burgoyne would wear the C in any situation. As a leader in the home buying or selling process, Mike has surrounded himself with a team of trustworthy inspectors, lenders, and escrow officers that work together more cohesively than Hall & Oates. And as a member of many teams in his life, Mike knows the service are first responders, veterans, nurses, teachers, and yes, even you let's go blues radio listeners provide the community so we offer special rates to those individuals find the value in mike's leadership and teamwork today by emailing him at mike at strikewithmike.com or calling 314-753-4060 he'll work closely with you and only show you the homes that match your goals that email again is mike at strikewithmike.com or call him at 314-753-4060 and succeed with your new teammate today and now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest running St. Louis Blues podcast with Pre- 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 Price, Ponder, and Day. So fresh and so clean. Uh, we got some new commercials up, as you just heard. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll be 
rolling through new commercials for awesome sponsors throughout the year. But um, I just want to say real quick how amazing it is. Dustin Paul, especially he's been here two years, um, continues to support the show. If you can, people, please support rockinnidlife.com. I am a huge supporter of them, not just because of the show. I drink the energy stuff every day, every morning. Gives me the kick I need. And then, of course, we got the Lean 30. We were just promoting there as well. But uh, just want to thank Dustin again for his friendship and his partnership. Uh, And then, of course, Mike Burgoyne as well. This is his second year aboard with the show. Uh, Mike's been an awesome supporter as well. Huge hockey fan, just like Dustin. Um, I have not been able to use him yet. I don't plan on buying or selling my house anytime soon. But I'm hoping some of you will. Uh, Mike, again, is just a super knowledgeable dude about hockey. So the beauty of using him is not only are you going to get somebody who's going to be, have your back and help you with, you know, doing all the stuff that goes into buying or selling your home. He's also going to sit there and talk about the last blues game with you. So uh, just a cool dude to have in your corner. Again, Mike at strike with Mike.com. Just want to thank them. Then of course, center ice, they've been here. Four years, three it's years. Been a while. It's been a it's while. Been a while. They were around uh, back in the manscape days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a while. So, um, yeah, so I want to thank them as well. And and we're looking forward to uh, hopefully getting a tasting room here again in St. Louis soon. And, um, you know, congratulations again. I think we said it two weeks ago to Steve Albers. Just welcomed a new member of his family, a, a little girl. Um, so, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll continue that sponsorship with Center Ice Brewery as well because they are fantastic. And Steve's just one of the best dudes out there. So the Blues lost to the uh, Dallas Stars in a shootout in the season opener, two to one. Um, <clears throat> first period was scoreless. Uh, second period, uh, Jamie Ben scored just 18 seconds into the period, and then uh, Tyler Tucker scored his first of the season at 2:37. Uh, to- um, yep. Ha- sorry, I just want to say, it, it, isn't it weird? No, I'm not saying the gameplay itself was similar very well, very much, but the game stories. In both these games, yeah, the same fucking thing. Disallowed goal. Yep. Uh, other team scores first in the second. Blues answer back in the second. Uh, goes to overtime in a shootout. I mean, very similar game stories between these two teams. There are two games. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And the goaltender was fucking phenomenal. That's another thing. It was. Uh, Tyler Tucker looked good um, in this game. Noticeably good. You know, sometimes a, a player will play and you just don't notice him. Uh, Tyler Tucker was noticeably good, I thought, in this game uh, and scored a goal. Um, you know, what's funny shot is, is through traffic, but yeah, it goes in. They, uh, you know, when when I think the conversation probably was, well, if we play Perunovic, he's more of an offensive guy. Tyler Tucker is going to be the guy who's going to play better defense for us overall and, and be a little more physical. I didn't think he was that physical in this game. I don't think he defensively was. And I'm not saying he was bad. I'm just saying he wasn't noticeable. I think we kind of noticed him a lot on defense last year. Didn't notice him a lot in this game, but then what does he do? He scores the first and only goal of the game for the St. Louis Blues, and he's up there in offense. You know, he's he's the guy that scored the goal, and it's like that's the basically the one guy. Like, if you picked him to right. score the opening goal for the Blues that game, good call on you. Right. Hope you bought a Powerball ticket in California <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as well. Yeah, no, in Tucker playing on his offside too. He was the yep. the second left uh, second left handed D on the second pair. So he gets, you know, as a rookie second year guy, I guess he's no longer a rookie. Um, 
put on the right side and he he played really well and yeah he he led the blues in scoring for the first four <laughs> periods of the year <laughs> five technically true yeah uh joshua mcdonald says uh the whole team seems to be doing a great job of going back uh, going up and back as a five-man unit also i like how they're holding the blue line and keeping them to the outside well said um uh, it was noticeable um the zone entries for the uh, stars and uh, Kraken weren't as as easy as they seemed to be last year. Blues backing off the blue line last year, and uh, keeping the shots the outside. The Blues were being outshot in these games, but they're not giving them tons of chances in close. Right? Uh, no backdoor chances. You know there there That's... there were some high door there were some high danger chances. Right? Um, but but teams are going to get those. That you're not going to. According to Money Puck, there was no high danger chances in which, this game. Which, this which game. we will talk about in a second, right? That, but <laughs> I, uh, I will say that, um, and and we'll talk. I think a little bit more as we get into the cracking game as well. But um, you know, we I think in the first period, Blues were a little slow. I don't even want to say sloppy. I think they were just kind of slow and just uh, it just didn't feel like they really had a connection between each other. Um, I thought as this game went on, even as uh, the Stars kind of pushed in more in the third, I think the Blues got a little better and started each other a little better. Uh, the defense vastly improved. Um, and, and it didn't, let's face it, from last season, it's not going to take a fucking lot to get this team to improve defensively. But as you said, Joshua, about the uh, five-man unit, um, it, it, it was noticeable, like, they were all coming and going together. It wasn't, you know, oh, the play's going back the other way, and I hate to pick on him, but Jordan Kyrou's going off for a line change. No, he was hustling back, and they were all skating together, and I think that is something we harped on a lot last year. Not just the defensemen are the issue. The forwards back-checking is an issue, and I feel like in this game, and I don't, again, I don't know if it's a Mike Weber or a Michael Babcock situation, but in this game particularly, and then again a little bit with the cracking game as well, the forwards were very engaged defensively, and I think that is something that lacked a ton last year with this team. Uh, the in, in the Dallas game, the expected goals in all situations, uh, at the end of the first period, the Blues were actually up on Dallas, uh, 0.841 to 0.345. Expected expected goals for meaning you know on average the, based on the chances allowed received by each team uh, those are the goals that were expected to be scored so the Blues had a half a goal edge there on Dallas uh, after the first period at the end of the second period the Blues still had an edge it was a one point six two three to one point two seven one and Dallas didn't have, didn't take over in the expected goals scored category until uh, about thirteen minutes to go in the game, something like that. And then Dallas kind of turned it on in the third period and uh, had a lot of chances, uh, a lot of good chances. And Bennington uh, kind of held the fourth there for the Blues to get them into overtime. So uh, Dallas quickly became the Dallas we saw last year in that third period. Yeah. And they they pressed. And kudos to Jordan Bennington, especially for the, the way he was able to still keep the puck out of the net. But he was getting a lot of help. Um, there was a player, I remember, in the first period where uh, he made the save and it kind of squeaked out right into uh-huh. his crease. I don't, I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was actually Scandella um, that's just swiped it right away to the corner. He was right in the right position, knew where to be. And I just, an easy play like that where the puck is just sitting in the crease, 
I feel like even last year, defensemen were all over the place. They were all over the map. You never knew where they'd be. They weren't ever in the right position. He was right where he needed to be, made the right play. Blues were able to get the puck out. That's the kind of thing we saw uh, in these first two games that we really did not see a lot last year. Hey, Bill. I I, want to say that that was sod, but yes, Kurt. You might have been right. Yeah, you might Remember who we picked for uh, first goal of the game for the Blues last last week? Yes, I said Justin Falk. You said Falk, and I said Sunquist, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know who had the highest expected goals for for the game against Dallas for the Blues? Tyler Tucker. Sunquist. Sunquist, yeah. 0.44. Really? (laughs) Tucker had (laughs) 0.1. And he got it. Yeah, uh, Falk was third, uh, 0.28. Yeah. So we didn't do too bad there in our in our. Uh, I mean, according to chances in the right. game and and advanced stats and analytics and all that, all that that good good stuff. Um, uh, we picked uh, two of the top three guys. Um, yeah, no, I I thought for sure like mine mine was going to pay off. Nothing yes. had any money on it because Falk was he was like, all over the place doing that great job. You know, pinching down to the you know down even below the hash marks at times, um, but getting shots at the net. Thought for sure, you know, that there was one time, I mean, he missed uh, probably three or four inches, but I thought for sure that was it going blocker side. Ottinger had a great game. Well, both goalies um, were I thought, fucking amazing. It was a, yeah. was a goaltender's duel, and it was a fantastic game to watch. It was fun. Brandon Saad, I mean, what, five minutes into the game had that, mm-hmm. that break in on him, and I thought right there, I'm like, there's the first goal. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. He's not, he's, there's no way he's not putting that in. And well, Ottinger came up huge. Sunquist had that, that, Sweeping like like a shot that went through Ottinger's legs and out the other side and missed the, and went wide. So I thought for a second that I thought, oh, I called it. Nope, just missed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was a great. It was game. Fun. I mean, for for a season opener, I thought it was a really fun and exciting game. Season opener on the road against a cup contender, predicted to be yeah. a cup contender in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, a Blues team that you know almost everyone's predicting to probably missed the playoffs. Uh, some people picked on to finish near the bottom. Um, and I think I said after the game, I said, if, if the blues bring this kind of a game every night, this is going to be a fun season mm-hmm. because I, I think oh, they, yeah. they played a good game. I mean, they, they, you know, Dallas took it to him in the third, you know, you tip your cat to Dallas cause they're a really good team, but I mean, they got a point in the shootout and they, they could have easily gotten two. So Bennington made it, and, and let's put it this way too, and and, and I hate to because I I know a lot of people were okay. We can talk about the offense. Let's talk about that after we get into the Seattle game too. But like, yes, the offense wasn't scoring, but a lot of people were saying like, you know, well, not a lot, a, a fair amount of people I saw online were talking about how oh, this is you know, this is the team we're going to watch. There's no offense. The goalie's going to dry up. The defense still isn't that good. And I'm just like, first of all, it's one game. Calm down. Second of all. Jordan Bennington just played an excellent hockey game. And he, it, the fact that they were able to get a point, like you said, on the road against a cup contender, a loud, loud, loud building as well. They were going nuts there in Dallas. Um, Bennington played out of his mind, uh, made some great saves. And then again, I think the defense did a lot better job of clearing out rebounds, uh, squaring up against guys for when Bennington could just drop on the puck instead of letting it sit there for too long. Um, and I just thought overall this team, and again, it's one game, but I, I'm much more confident. You you mentioned the the backdoor tap-ins, Kurt. That was 
ramp. That was a daily. That was season. a game. Every game, it was happening mm-hmm. multiple times. There was right Halloween last year. I always point to the Kings. They played the Kings that night. I want to say they had four back in backdoor tap-ins opportunities, and two of them went in. And people were like, Biddington, and I'm just like, yeah. he just made two backdoor tap-in saves, and he gives up two other ones on goals, and you're going to blame him? Like, that makes no sense to me. This defense is ridiculous. As yeah. long as there have been, you know, uh, uh, social media or discussion forums, uh, it, 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 it's, it's really easy to see how the masses can get goaltending wrong. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's you know back in the day before internet, it's like you have to go to a bar, right? And then be a few guys at the bar that maybe they'd you know be oh shut up, you know just going off on people. But uh, you can actually see um, sports open line, sports open line, yeah, good one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was man, I love a sports open line. That was the that was the sports it discussion forums before the internet. That was fun. <clears throat> Long time caller, yep. first time listener. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Justin Scott, love your comment here. Uh, building off what you said earlier, Van Ryan most definitely should have been gone sooner. This defensive coverage seems to be working right now. Keeping your opponents to the outside is very important. You're right, Justin, but keep in mind it is only two games. It is two games. We don't want to get too he- we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But I will say, in the small sample size we have seen, this is already better than mm-hmm. the small sample size we start we saw at the start of last season. Even they went up, they went what three and zero to start the year last year. Even then, I remember us saying, "Woo, this defense has got to buck up some." And I think they're playing pretty good right we, now. We yeah. noticed in the preseason that they were getting outshot uh, in every game, uh, sometimes handily, and wondering how that was going to transfer over into the season. And so far, um, yeah, they've been out. They were outshot in this game in the first game, thirty-four to twenty-four. Um, so hopefully that kind of thing uh, doesn't continue. But again. If you're keeping them with shots to the outside, you know, and you're limiting the the, the dangerous stuff in close, you know, uh, and you're blocking a lot of shots. So far in these first two games, things I've noticed, which I was going to talk about later, block shots, sticks mm-hmm. and lanes. Uh, yep. Passes aren't getting through the defense, like through, cross ice through the defense. Uh, they're shutting stuff down. And they're and, and it's been talked about a lot, but they, they are keeping them to the outside. And uh, as Justin Scott in the chat mentioned, it is important. It's very important. Um, as long as you don't allow, you know, screens and tips and deflections to uh, to go in uh, with your shots coming from the outside. Yeah, and you it does. you uh, you talked about what what I was going to mention in terms of block shots, and I think that goes, you know, uh, back to Joshua's cohesive unit thing, right? When a team is playing well in the defensive zone, it is an entire team effort, and it's cohesive. You've got neighbors, Sunfist, Sod, all blocking shots in that Dallas game. And, you know, taking away that shot from the point, it was huge. I mean, how many how many times last year did stuff just get through, right? And then the rebounds or the high-danger chances, somebody standing unattended at the side of the net because Pareko and Scandella or Pareko and Letty are both in the corner. Right? That was all too common last year, right? But yeah. this year... You know, everybody seems to have a better understanding of what their role is once the puck is in the zone and they're executing right now. And it's it's great the, to see. The worst in zone in defensive zone play they made was the goal, the Jamie Ben goal. It was the puck coming around the corner. Uh Tucker is uh is in front uh on the other guy. I don't remember who it was, it was in front of the net. 
and Scandella went to play it and just fucking missed it. And so then the puck gets sent back, and Ben's all alone coming from behind the net, circles in front, finds an open shot, takes it, beats Bennington. If it wasn't for Scandella misplaying the puck, which does happen, I'm not trying to dog Scandella, but it does happen. But if it's not for that, that that never that play never happens. It wasn't bad defensive coverage. It was just a bad stick on puck. And and that is the difference between last season. I think last season we would have seen Jamie Ben all alone in front because the defenseman is sitting in the corner trying to cover the center who has no play on the puck. Like this was a, a bad stick on puck situation. So that, that was an interesting play that it just turned out to be the worst play of the game for the blues, I think. Right. And, and on that play, the, uh, the TV guys, you know, Kelly and, and rivers were, uh, you know, quick to point out that Tucker got a stick on, on the shot too. Yeah. So he was in great right. position. Just it, it ran, it went off the stick and in the net the other yeah. way. But, you know, in, in terms of uh, Scandella missing that, you know, that I agree. It's it's a, you know, it's just, it's an unfortunate event. Not nearly as unfortunate as the Nashville guy who missed the puck last night when McDavid fell to his knees. Did you guys see that? Goal? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. Go back and watch it. Falls to his knees. Oh, should have easily been played out by Nashville. He does a spinorama on his knees. Nashville defenseman overskates the puck. He picks it up, goes in, and scores. Oof. Just ridiculous. Oof. Of all people, right? Yeah. Oh, this is, a, this is a great call here from Matt Harris. Uh, something else I noted was great focus on neutralizing some of the star players. I feel like Robertson was mm-hmm. completely covered every time he was on the ice. Yeah. How many times last year was it Jason Robertson? Um, Kevin Fiala. Matt Kevin Fiala. I mean, the guys that the the other team is trying to get the puck to, they're the guys that are scoring the goals. And the first thing you want to do is say, well, who the fuck is the defenseman on the ice? Of course, it's Colton Pareko because he's our number one. And you always wanted to blame him. But again, small sample size, two games. Need to preface that again. But the fact that those aren't the guys that are beating us right now. Like it's, it's, it's coming from other now, Graham, we've only given up two goals, but you know, Jamie Ben's a third liner at this point, I think. And um, Jaden Schwartz, you know, not, he's a guy that can, we all know can put the puck in the net, but he's not a guy who's going to put up 40 goals. These are guys that are kind of role players at this point in their careers. And it's just, it's kind of refreshing to say, Hey, Robertson didn't put four goals on us last night. Like that, that is a good thing to see. Um. Yeah, Roberts had two shots on goal in this game. And I remember I remember one of them. So yep. um and I think it was fairly was that the one we sk- he skated in on the yeah, wing and I think so. Far side came in pretty pretty yeah. 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 Uh Bennington had 33 saves, uh, 33 out of 34. Um and like you mentioned uh the with the one shot that went in was a as it was shot it was went off a stick. So mm-hmm. um in the shootout uh oh, in the overtime Dallas owned overtime too. Um it was Yeah. <laughs> they had a they had that excellent two on one chance. Yes, yes. Uh and Biddington came up fucking huge. huge. One of the best. Probably I don't know. He had two really good saves. I want to say in the second. Yeah, it would have been the second period. Uh there was a pass in front. Guy was right on the doorstep. It just went under the blues defenseman's stick, and guy one timed it. Bennington came up big with a flash in the pad. 
But yeah, he he made some big saves, and that one in overtime was obviously massive. In the shootout, uh, goals came from uh, Robertson and Shen and Duchesne. So, um, and uh, saves were Bushnevich, Sagan, and Kairu. And Kairu, when he came in, I'm like, he just came in way too fast. <laughs> I thought, yeah, he lost did. the puck. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I feel like Kairu, and and again, not I'm not on the dog Kairu bandwagon. We're going to talk about him, I think, here in the well. We will talk about him in this next game, but um, I don't like him in the shootout. I just don't. I think his percentage is like one for thirteen now or something. I like Thomas. In the like I more than Kyrou. I do too. I do. I don't think Kyrou is a one-on-one all the time in the world type player. Like you said, he came in so fast, and it's like, mm-hmm. dude, that's what you do on a breakaway, not in the shootout. You need to come in with blazing speed. Yeah. So, I just I'm not a fan. I like Shen Thomas Buchnevich for the shootout personally, but. Obviously, I think they're going to keep going to Cairo. And I thought this was a good, I, and again, I thought this was a good game. I, I thought the Blues played mostly very well in this game, considering it was a road game, first game of the season against a cup contender. And uh, five minutes or plus into the third period, the Blues had the edge and expected goals for in the game to date, even though they're getting outshot. So, I mean, I, I, they, they, that was, I thought it was a very good game. It was a fun game. It was an entertaining game. There was a lot to like, especially from the defense. Um, and how they played and how they kept shots to the outside and how Bennington played. Um, the power play, we can talk about, it was terrible. Uh, the power play sucked in this game. It was not yeah. good. They couldn't get anything going. I thought They literally had zero shots, right? Uh, I don't know. I didn't pull up. And they go 0 for 3 with zero <laughs> shots? The the power play against Seattle looked much better. They didn't score, but it looked much better yeah, against Seattle. So I, mm-hmm. hopefully that comes around. Yeah, I, I thought that... Um... Yeah, they well, and and Dallas is a pressuring team on the PK. They're going to really push any of the puck carrier. Uh, they'll even send two on the puck carrier sometimes. And I just think I just don't think the Blues were honestly prepared for that. Um, hopefully, the next meeting with this team, they're a little bit more prepared for that type of uh, uh, defensive play. And Seattle's a little bit more relaxed, I think, on their PK. Like they're a little bit more, you know, kind of. Let them have the outside, and and we'll block anything that comes in, or or you know we'll, we'll try to take it from them if they cut across the middle. <laughs> um, Dallas loves to challenge, so I just think the Blues need to make that adjustment for the next time they see. Oh, and I, th- go ahead, Bill. I was going to say I think Seattle um, not having Tanov had a lot to do with that too, right? Yeah. Oh God, that was a nasty hit on him mm-hmm. that took him out. Did you see that? I I saw it at the time, but don't recall it. Oof. But yeah, it, it it's. Bad. The Blues were 0 for 3 in the power play. Dallas is 0 for 4. Uh, the Blues had 18 blocks in block shots in this game. Dallas had 15. And uh, Dallas won the faceoff battle 52.5 to 47.5. So uh, one point for the Blues, which I was I was happy with. I mean, they, they you're right there in the shootout. You want that second one. But at the end, at the end of the day, it's you, you got a point in Dallas. Um, so you, you got to be happy with that, especially with the way, like we talked about, with the defense, uh, how they played compared to last season and how Bennington played. So. Yeah, I was, I was, my goal was don't come out of this with a blowout loss. Like mm-hmm. if we're, if we walk out of this five, nothing loss, that's when I'm like, God damn it. But they played good hockey. Bennington was great. He had to stand up on his head a little bit, but they played great hockey. The goals weren't coming, but that's all right. They had, they got some chances. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. Like this game goes to a shootout. That's a coin flip at this point, you know, it, with any team in the league, it's a coin flip. So, what, uh, so I, I'm okay with. What it. I was worried about, like everybody was, was the defense, right? 
coming into the season. And so far in this game, and we'll talk about the second game a little bit here in a sec, but um, uh, much improved, right? So far, small sample size. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not particularly worried about the offense yet. So we'll 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 get that. We'll. And when we say improve, we're not. You know, it's not like oh well, they were. You know, the, the breakouts with well, the breakouts were better. Uh, well, uh, breakouts were probably about the same, uh, just less turnovers. Um, but, you know, it, it, when we say the defense was better, you know, you're probably Def- looking at shot count. Defending. And you're like, oh, the shot count's still high. Yeah. Um, but it did- shots, a lot of shots from the outside. Um, not a lot of screens that worked to, to, to Dallas's favor. Blues would either block them or they didn't let them get the shot off. Um, and they let Bennington see the puck. And like you said, like, sticks in lanes that we never saw intercepted passes last year. It just never happened. It was maybe the blues would luck out and it was like, Oh, that guy missed the pass. He didn't really, he didn't expect it to get to him. Now it's like, Holy shit. The blues are actually getting sticks in lanes and stopping passes and clearing the puck or getting it to the forwards. Just weren't seeing that last year. And again, small sample size. I'll say that this be the name of the episode, <laughs> small sample size, but it it looked good for two games. So, um, Jeff, you've got a, a bit of a rant that you want to go on here. I do right? about uh, advanced stats and do. goaltenders. Sagan back for Haskinen. Gets in front and a shot rebound. What a save by Pennington on Pavelski. He robbed him from five feet away. Line gets a sun truck big save. Look at that right there. Just love to see that from Jordan Pennington. Deflection. Back in session. Stars control. Here they come. Delayed call. Stars have numbers. Haskinen. Right side. Robertson. Save! (laughs) Bennington's magic act continues. The Stars will get a power play, but Bennington keeps the game going. Man, you can't get a better opportunity. by Nero Haskinen to hold it, hold it. He's trying to hold Bennington. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, so for those of you on the podcast, obviously you just heard the clips of some of Bennington's biggest saves. Um, it What you didn't see is uh, Muddy Puck and uh, other sites that like to keep analytics say there was zero high danger chances in this game for, for Jordan Bennington to face. Uh, if you look at his stats from this game, there's a big fat zero for high danger chances. Uh, what the fuck? How is that possible? Uh, I mentioned the save. I didn't put it in there. He made a save in the second period that was literally right on the doorstep, a one-time opportunity. Not How is that not a high danger save? How is the one with the puck coming across the crease uh, he makes the save, and, the, and 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 by the way, the one where uh, it was on the backhand, he had to uh, the puck deflected like three times on the original shot from the point. So he's trying to like move his body and understand where the puck's going to come from. It hits him, and then he knows to slide across and not let that again. Like there's so many things that happen in a hockey game with any shot, any goal, any play. There are so many things that that factor into what a goaltender, what a shooter, what a defenseman has to deal with. And listen, I'm not saying I, Kurt, you said it on Twitter earlier today, and I'm 100% with you. I am not anti-advanced stats at all. I think advanced stats are great. They really help paint the picture of the game. 
But for me, at least for especially for goaltending, you cannot quantify how good a goalie is by looking at advanced stats. I I'm not I wish I would have pulled up this tweet. I I I, he might have deleted it. I tried looking for it this morning. I saw somebody literally say, I watched this game, and, it, and this, is a, um, it, this isn't word for word, but he said, I watched this game, and I thought Bennington played really well, but then I looked at the advanced stats and said, oh, he didn't really face that many shots, or he didn't face that many good chances. And I'm like, you are admitting you watched the game and thought he played well, but then you looked at the advanced stats and decided he didn't? Like, no, no, trust your eye. Like, and that's why we cannot just completely go off advanced stats. It's crazy that so many people and people that are getting paid to report about hockey, all they look at is advanced stats. And I'm going to get off my soapbox here in a minute. I'm sure you guys have comments on this, but I'll just say that when it comes to looking at goaltenders and advanced stats, it is a great thing to have. Great thing to look at, but Jordan Bennington is example one from last season that you can still be a, and again, I will say, I don't think he was great. I don't think he was exceptional. I thought he was good last year, good enough. And when you look at the stats, he was like the 68th worst goalie or the 68th best goalie in the league, like three from the bottom that played. That's fucking horseshit. The guy had a, monster year having to make up for these defensive issues we've been bitching about for over a year. And uh, yeah, I just think people need to cut him some slack and hopefully this year with a better defense, if it continues in front of him, he will prove all those haters wrong once again, because I think that could easily happen. What was the combined, the, those two highlights you showed the, I, I looked the combined distance, the, the both shooters were from the net. It's probably like 10 feet. Combined. Yeah, yeah. Combined, oh, yeah. It's not like I was going to say the, the 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 first one was probably five feet. The other one was it was about the same. Eight, actually, I was probably about four feet. Yeah, it, it, was, it was probably about six. It was, feet. it was close. It, I mean, it was it was ten feet or so. And so it's not like these chances are coming from fifteen feet out. You know, whether it's you know he's got time to react. To, you know, and he should make the save because you you know in audio you can't really tell. But uh, they're they're in close. They're diving. Uh, lunging reaction saves, you know, robbing highway robbery, if you will, uh, players. So, um, yeah, and for that not to be a high dangerous scoring chance, uh, either one of them. And it's like that's just, and that's just a, a very small sample size. Again, the theme of the show of uh, of why what we've been preaching for a long time about advanced stats. And again, like you said, we love advanced stats. They're fun. I love looking at advanced stats after I've watched a game. I want to see if they back up what I saw. And if they don't, I'm like, hmm, I wonder why that is. What, you know, do I have to rethink how I looked at the game? And I think, nope. <laughs> I'm thinking back. I'm like, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think Benton had a better game than these stats are saying. So I'm not, you know, I, that's why I don't put a ton of uh, faith in um, advanced stats in games that I haven't watched. I, it's a grain of salt with me. I mean, I'll look at them. Uh, I'll go, okay. All right. But, I'd rather hear from somebody who watched the game. Who knows what to look for? An example, goaltending, right? If you know what to look yep. for when you're watching the game, then you should be able to uh, kick advanced stats ass as far as uh, anal- analyzing goes. 
Right. And agree. You know, from you know, from a goaltender perspective, Bennington, like his form on those two saves, on those two sequences, was perfect. Right. He had himself in exactly the right position. And, you know, I think Robertson, his only chance on that was a one timer and he wasn't set for it. Maybe early season jitters, but even then, you know, by the time he he got the wrist shot off, like Bennington had everything covered. Um, and it was both of them were, you know, well, that that one in particular was a perfect push. Right. And Pavelski was just, you know, reacting and getting the love right where it needed to be uh, once the puck rolled out to Pavelski. Beautiful goaltending by Bennington. Loved every second oh, yeah. of the, that. And so glad we got to watch the highlights here on the show tonight. Yes, we did. And, you know, I think advanced stats do have a nice place in uh, in, in sports analysis. But like you said, Jeff, uh, and you touched on I think people are just using them wrong. They're using yeah. them as the end-all, be-all um, analysis for players and they're using them to discredit uh, people who actually watch the games and you know if you watch in the games that, now that doesn't apply to everybody you know some people who watch the games in all honesty they don't know what they're looking for as far as analysis goes yeah. maybe they never really played hockey they don't understand situations they don't understand everything that goes into uh, a situation that you know uh, is going to play into an advanced set a certain way, that's that's fine. But I'm referring more to people who know what they're looking for, people who have been fans for a long time, studied the game, played the game. They're just educated um, in analysis, right? Uh, just from watching, and they know what to look for in a player, uh, in situations and plays, and if a goalie quote should have had a, a puck. Um, it's a pretty simple question, right? Do you, do you, is, is that the goalie's fault or is it not the goalie's fault? Um, and I think far too often advanced stats will say it is his fault when really, if you've only watched the game, it's, it's, you, it's, that's a weird, it's a weird flex to go by well, ink on paper uh, over somebody who actually watched the game in detail. So I will tell you, and listen, I, I re- we make a lot of jokes on this show. I respect the hell out of Steven Ground of Two Guys, One Cup. There's a reason I had him on this show so much this summer. Um, great guy, knows the game, studies the game, but he is an advanced stats guy, and we butt heads a lot, uh, yeah. me and Kurt mostly with yeah. Steven online. Um, it's, it, it's all in fun. Yeah, okay. no, People not. can be wrong about advanced stats. It's <laughs> right, exactly, 100%. <laughs> Um, but no, so he did respond, uh, cause I did tweet that out and say, what in the hell, how is, and it was specifically the overtime save he made. Um, and he said that he pulled up, um, I can't remember what the natural site was stat trick used, but natural stat trick and basically said, well, it was kind of from the side, uh, it was from the side of the net. So there's a chance that that quantifies it as a medium, uh, danger chance, uh, plus, Maybe they don't count advanced stats in overtime. Uh, and then he said it could also just be a scorekeeper error. And I'm like, okay, yes, all that true, first of all. But the one about it being uh, – and he also said there's also uh, the percentage they add in that it's on a rush, so that gets like another point, which adds it to the high danger chance. Maybe they missed that, whatever. Um I'm just like, again, I don't know how you can literally just mathematically map it out like on a hockey rink and just say, 
oh, if it's from this shot, if it's from right here, that's a high danger chance. That's, you know, that gets uh, 10 points as opposed to five. It's like, okay, so you're telling me if a guy has the puck and he's, you know, just kind of standing in front of the net and his stick's tied up and the puck's just laying there and then he takes a small little tap at it and it slides into the crease and the goalie covers it, that's a high danger chance as opposed to somebody taking a 105 bomb from the top of the circles. Like, how is that even? That's not a thing. Like, that can't be how we mathematically figure out if a player is good or not on the rink. There are a thousand different things that factor in to a situation on every goal or shot, right? And and there's no, there's never two exact shots uh, or situations where this is exactly the same. It just doesn't happen. There's all kinds of things that factor into it, right? Um, you know, where the, exactly where the defense is, exactly, you know, was the, was the puck, did the puck slightly graze off somebody on a pass to somebody else? Um, I, I, there's so many intangibles um, in a game to, to try and create this blanket statement of a stat for, you know, advanced stats for goalies. Um, I just, with everything that factors into it, it's almost like you just have to watch it. To, and, it, and it sounds simple and it sounds redundant, but, you know, if you know what you're looking at and you know what you're looking for, um, you don't need advanced stats to, for me to say if a goalie uh, played a puck poorly or if that was more on him or if it was just a great chance and a great shot. You know, I, it, blaming goaltending is like, a, is like a rite of passage for a lot of people <laughs> to become fans of the NHL because they blame goaltenders for everything but uh but yeah i I think advanced stats kind of do a lot of that when they probably shouldn't um again like you said i like advanced stats i do i I look at them a lot um but not necessarily for the blues um in in a way that will you know I'll, i'll change my opinion on what i saw in a game i would love for an advanced statistician and maybe they have, and I just need to look it up to go back and watch Grant Fior. And I know it's a different, it's a different time, but go back and watch Grant Fior in his Oilers days and tell me how awful Grant Fior was for giving up the goals he did. Yet Wayne Gretzky says he's the greatest goalie of all time. Like it's, there's so much that factors in. And, and I know that's a that's extreme example, but Wayne Gretzky says that, because he was a clutch guy. It didn't matter where the shot came from in the waning minutes of the game. You could trust Grant Fuhr. Maybe he's given up a bad goal in the first period, and the stats will tell you, oh, my God, he should have definitely made that save. But it's like they also didn't really play defense on the Oilers, and it's kind of reminiscent of last year with the Blues, except they didn't have the offense. But it's just there's so much things that goes into any hockey game ever. And to just, I don't know, for me to boil it down to numbers and say, this gets that, this gets this, this gets, it's just, it's crazy to me. I, I just can't, I've played the game my whole life and I could never do that with my own game. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it, it seems like, it seems like advanced sets have a long way to go, right? Before they become, yeah. you know, and, and if they can ever get there um, to accurately define, you know, uh, Goaltending and, and and defense uh, on a respect or a lot of positions, but it seems like goaltending in particular. Um, 
I know, and I know that they cover a lot of stuff. I know that they do. They talk about, you know, that the, they do factor a number of things into these advanced stats, which you know is good. But again, it's I, I it, we talked about this at length last year, you know, quite a bit about how it's just uh, it's the the educated eye test is is superior to me, not even close. So, I'm sure the um, the our listeners right now are sitting there going. Is this an episode from last year? <laughs> are they just re-airing what they well, said? It, last I mean, year? it's just you know, advanced stats are getting more and more popular, and more people are using them to write articles and to define. Uh, I'm not talking about Stephen. I'm just talking about like generally speaking, a lot of people are doing this, and that's great um, because it's it, for a lot of people, it's impossible to watch every game and every situation. <laughs> you need these advanced stats to kind of help, like you said, Jeff, paint the picture of the game to help you write your article or make your point or whatever. Um, but for like for us, for example, and covering the blues, you know, advanced stats are a fun thing to rattle off, but it's not going to shape my opinion because I'm watching the games. I, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't need that that crutch. I can just watch it. Uh, our friend Mike Meyer, I, I believe this is um, not the guy from Halloween, uh, not Austin Powers, <laughs> um, but I believe this is Mike Meyer, uh, former uh, guest co-host of this show. Uh, says hashtag watch the game. And he's a guy going to pump your tires here a little, Mike. If you read his stuff over at the hockey Uh he's also a blues media member. He does. I've seen him use advanced stats in his writing, but he does not base everything off that. He is a, he's a, he's got an analytical mind, but he uses his eyes to tell the story he wants to tell with his stories. So uh want to, give some kudos yeah. there to Mike, the hockey That's the way to go. I mean, you, 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 you watch the games, you you have the educated eye, right, to to form an opinion, and you use advanced stats to support that or or whatever, if you can. Um, that's that's cool, but I don't know. I don't want to beat a dead horse too much here, but uh, Blues, second game against uh, the Kraken, the home opener for St. Louis. Uh, Blues did win this one 2-1 to one in a shootout on a Saturday. Seems like forever ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, McCann uh, for Seattle interfered with Bennington. Uh, they awarded this goal as a good goal at first, and the uh, Blues challenged it. Fantastic challenge. Uh, Stick uh, kind of got uh, got underneath Bennington's blocker, the top of his blocker, and when he went to make this blocker save, he just couldn't, and he f- may have like embellished the whole thing just to, to draw attention. Hey, this guy's got a stick on my, you know, uh, uh, in, in prohibiting me from making this save. And uh, sure enough, they did uh, overturn the goal. You, you know what um, I was impressed by with, with this, honestly? And I say impressed. I know I've talked about how much I love Bennington's antics, as people call it. He didn't lose his shit. No. He didn't even wave like, to the bench maybe, and say, challenge this, challenge this. Maybe mm. it's like early season and, and he's just not, like his mind's not in that I'm pissed off, I need to pump the team up mindset kind of thing. But I was so impressed to be like, Bennington didn't say a fucking yeah, word. I was like, yeah. And and maybe he like may, I'm sure because we were, we all weren't at the game. Maybe at one point he like looked over at Baruby and just you know gave him like a hey you might want to look at that like. But I mean, still it wasn't a what the fuck like screaming at the ref like that was impressive to see. Yeah, and then he totally kept his composure, um, and it kind of makes me think that you know that that was part of the uh, the coaching staff's conversation with them, right? Is let us take care of the technical parts of the game. If there's going to be a challenge, we're going to be the ones to make it. 
And, you know, based on the early season track record of the video coach team, uh, they're, they're on fire, right? Catching the offside in yeah. the Dallas game and catching this. I mean, not that this wasn't that obvious. I mean, this, this, those kinds of plays used to drive me nuts. And, and there, there were guys in, uh, that would do this in practice. And you know, it was usually, <laughs> it was usually always uh, not going for the blocker, the but interfering with the butt end of the stick. Yeah. Just I, I get a little bit of, that. yeah. Used to drive me absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> and, you know, nothing you could do about it at practice, but, you know, nine times out of 10, and refs going to pick up on it. And now with video review in, in the NHL, they're going to catch it pretty much every time. Although you know what I, you know what I do? They, they still haven't gotten that right with goalies, right? The, the goaltender interference is still the, oh, it's, it's, the it's most inconsistent thing in the NHL. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I would do? I would take my, my stick and I'd slide my top hand down mm-hmm. like a foot. I would use that butt end to then go on top of the goalie's butt end and just yep. kind of just leverage that leverage it, and then their their stick would come off the ice. Oh, yep. You are way more slick than me because in, back when I used to practice and fuck with my goalie, I would literally just take the blade of my stick and I'd come down and I just hit well, the knob of his stick as hard as I could, knock it out of his hand, and that's how and you get a like, penalty. Well, it was yeah. in practice. Okay, he's just like well, what the fuck? I'm like, hold on to your stick, bro. See if you if you if I come up on the side of the goalie, I'm like you know like brushing up against him. I oh slide that stick down and just whoop. <laughs> stick yeah, my off goalie got ice. mad at me a couple times. Like, dude, you're gonna break my finger one of these times. I'm like, well, maybe if you just hold on to your stick, it wouldn't be an issue. I don't yeah. shut the fuck up. The goalies have remedies for that too, and I don't know if I ever did it to Kurt, but I've done it to a couple of people. But uh, you know, you, you hit the butt head, and I, all of a sudden I lost control of that that part of my stick, and oh, did it hit you in the face. I'm yeah. sorry. I yep. Well, you know who also- was the king of that? Ron Hextall. Mm-hmm. He used to pull shit. There was one time I remember I saw a guy. He came up and he like barely tapped the underside of Hextall's stick. His stick flew up and got the guy right in the fucking teeth. And I think he even lost some choppers and he was bleeding all over the ice. And they didn't call a penalty because Hextall was just like, he's the oh. one that slashed my stick. And it's like, yeah, dude, he touched you. Very, very minimal force. Oh man, I I had some sword fights with some goalies. Uh, you know, you you you'd go in front, you'd you'd screen them. They'd give you a shot in the back to try and to see, and then you know if they got me hard enough, they if the cup check from between the legs and behind. If I got one of those, I just spun around and whacked them across the pads. And then all of a sudden, we're going at it. <laughs> I miss that so much. Oh, that was the best part. Whenever you were at, because you would like. Somebody would slash you, like, oh, I'm falling, and you'd like bring oh, your stick across. Literally did that, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I got cross that all the time. I got cross checked in front of the goal, and my and I went down and totally on purpose. I had my 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 stick blade, two hands on my stick, and my stick blade just right across the side of the goalie's face because it was his defenseman <laughs> who knocked me down. And I'm like, this was, yeah. was it, Bill? <laughs> no, this was no. <laughs> I don't think I played against Bill ever. Um, and just pick up games and whatnot, yeah. but yeah, but I, I'm not. I, so you never played against Bill, but you did hit him in the head with a slap shot. Yes, wrist shot. It wrist was shot. sorry, it was wrist shot. Wrist shot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorite stories to bring up. Yeah. Well, he should have been sitting on the bench. <laughs> I should. I shouldn't have been sitting on the bench trying to convince Mike Touche to play with us when we only had four guys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Imagine having to convince somebody to play hockey. Just right. play, dude. Come on. 
What else you got going on? Agree. <laughs> he would have been slumming play with us, though. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, yeah. Man, back in the day, he was lightning, man. He was yeah. fast. So good. Um, so, uh, second period, uh, Seattle scores first. Jaden Schwartz scored his first of the season. 40 seconds into the period, um, deflection. Uh, Very n- nice goal. Reminiscent of the first goal. The, well, the I'm sorry, the disallowed uh, goal by Borkstrand. Oh right, uh, yeah. yeah, because yeah, because it was uh, that was a uh, a deflected shot as well. So, mm-hmm. so. yeah, I, uh, that was, yeah, that, no, no. that would have been McKinnon's goal because he deflected it. McKinnon, mm-hmm. M- McCann, sorry, McCann, yeah, <laughs> yeah. McCann, McKinnon, yeah. <laughs> I believe, yeah, like, I believe he deflected. He it. hopped he on had, the ice for that. Yeah, he def- he deflected <laughs> it and and interfered with Bennington at the same time. So I yep. believe. I, I think you're right. Yeah. No. Um, um, no, this one, eh, I mean, it was a great deflection by Jaden Swartz. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't like this goal. I was a little unhappy with it. So the two goals that have been scored on Bennington this season, a shot by Ben that Tucker tried to block him off his stick and by Bennington from what? 10 feet out, so eight feet out. Mm-hmm. Like that. And, uh, and then this one was deflection. So Bennington hasn't allowed in two games, a, a clean shot by him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, have you seen it? He stopped it. Well, the first one uh, in in Dallas, uh, they had a disallowed goal. That was clean, but it was also offside. Right, didn't count so, though. Didn't didn't yeah, it was not count. a goal. So it wasn't it was even a, a shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. But yeah, but no, I agree with you. You're right. Just technically speaking, but yeah, I um, he is God. He has looked good, and I think we said the same thing at the start of last year. So let's hope that uh, you know again this defense plays better throughout the year and, and we see this Jordan not maybe not this Jordan Bennington, but a version of this Jordan Bennington where it's like, okay, we can trust this guy to not give up four goals. Um, you know, get pissed and and give up maybe one or two weak ones here or there. If he can play like this and just continue to just stretch the pads and and just make the right saves, the saves he needs to make, whew, this team, even with the low score. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? You know what we need. Even you know what we need. Close. <laughs> you know what we need. We need one that says 10:30 and one that says 11, so we can just like if we miss it, we can just wait for the next half hour to do it. <laughs> uh, we can we can make that happen. Yeah, have to do a voice. We, we should recreate that. I can remake the graphic, and we can redo the. We can have we can have DJ Joe. He's got that deep voice. You know. Yeah. We could, yeah, we could do That'd that. Be, should, he will listen once in a while. We should ask him to ask him to there you go. hook us up with a, a it's a 10 p.m. Do you know where children are uh audio. That'd be funny. Yep. Uh but no, I I um uh yeah, I think overall like Bennington has just been phenomenal. Defense has been better and and let's hope that continues throughout the rest of the year. Uh Jordan Cairo tied this game up with his first of the season at 7:49. Real nice goal. Uh, pass from Thomas. Hopefully, many more to come. Thomas to Cairo this season. Um, you know the uh, the thing that I loved about this goal that nobody talked about in the replays. Cairo had to make quite the play to stay on side as they were breaking in. Uh, I thought a very nice heads up play by him because he dumped it off to I believe he dumped it to Thomas, um, and like it was right as they were crossing the line, and Cairo was ready. He was ready to jet to the net. But then I think he realized, like, oh, shit. And he kind of straddled the line. You could tell he wanted to, like, I think they still have that mindset of, I, I can't pick my foot up, even though now it's a plane. And he straddled that line with his foot, even though he was going pretty hard. 
And then he, right when Thomas entered, he went right behind him. And I thought that it was a very, very heads up play by Cairo. Something I don't think we saw a lot of early last season. Um, I think he, I know he's only scored one goal and a lot of people gave him trouble over the shootout move, but I've liked his play so far. And obviously he gets right where he needs to be to take a great shot and uh, scores a big goal here. So love Kyrie's play so far. Right. And hearing the, um, I don't, I don't remember if it was Thomas or Kyrie talking about it. It, it. it was the reinforcement that that came off of a buildup from a good defensive shift, right? They defended yes. well, went back the other way. And, you know, I believe Benji made a nice save. He and, did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. 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 It, yeah, so they they broke in on a uh, the the Kraken did on a on a very brief two on one like it was barely considered a two on one, and he made a nice save and the Blues were able to get the puck out. They yep. go down, boom, and yeah, that's the again that's not the type of play we saw last season. Yeah, getting back too late to have the effective you know transition play back up the ice, and yeah, I mean, great. You know, they have such great chemistry. Um, you know, having played together, you know, for several years now, um, Thomas being able to find Cairo on a very tight angle pass, and Cairo bearing it, it was it was brilliant. That across the body pass that Thomas does, and it reminds me of like an Oates. Um, and again, I hate to compare Thomas to a guy like that, but I mean, the you know we 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 can do it, Kurt. Like I'm sure you've done it plenty of times. The you know the the kind of this weird that weird motion you have to make when you pass it back or across you, your you, body. Tuck your 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 top hand becomes a uh, you switch yep. basically switch spots with your yeah. Yep. yeah I get you. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it's it's such an awkward thing to do with a hockey stick, and like it just man, Thomas does it to perfection. Like he he can make that pass. Like he he and he's got his head on a swivel. He's so good at knowing where his teammates are going to be. And I you know he kind of looked him off and then skated back towards the net and then shoveled it back right where Kairou was heading toward. And, and I mean just a just a such a smart heads up play and a great play by Kairou getting to that spot because he knew that he saw the break in coverage and said, I just need to go straight to the net. Thomas is going to get it to me. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, this game went into overtime and uh, Seattle had the puck for the first minute and a half, something like that. And didn't blues didn't hadn't touched the puck yet. And then uh, back and forth a little bit. It was a pretty good overtime. Um, went to a shootout. Thomas got the goal for the blues real nice uh, on the uh, little forehand backhand Deke up high. Classic, classic oh, shootout move, mean. right? And it, Bill, okay, if this move is executed perfectly, how hard is it to stop? Because it's the, it's the old forehand, backhand, tuck it up under the uh, bar. I mean, that's tough. tough. Is it yeah, tough? Once, once you get your momentum going you know, to the glove side, if you're a left-hand catch goalie, Right hand blocker, you know, once you get that momentum, like the the blocker, and I, I mean, I haven't played with the, the newer technology, but just the the weight of the body, um, you know, is going to take you over. Back in my day, when we played with you know forty pound waffle boards, you know, I'm sure it was more difficult. But yeah, once once you get that split second, and that's you know these guys, it's microseconds for the professionals, right? That an elite guy like Thomas. See, see, I got 
Thomas yeah. is elite. I got it in there. Nice. Um, <laughs> he's he's going to, you know, he'll score more often than not. Right. And, and that was, it was, it was a great move. Very difficult to defend at any level. Uh, Shooters that were unsuccessful in the shootout, uh, Shannon Cairo both did not score, and then uh, Bernier, Burkstad, Burkstand, and Eberle uh, both did not score. Uh, all three. Bington stopped all three, is what I was trying to say. And uh, I, I think it was the second one, Bjorkstrand, where the guy uh, came in on his forehand. So he was a lefty. So, yeah. Was he a lefty? Bjorkstrand's righty. Yeah, so. so I think it was Bjorkstrand. He came, uh, wide, he came in wide near side, yeah. Yeah, and then he, he like, he, yeah, and he came near side, and then the the angle on the TV is I was watching this with friends. Uh, it hit up. Well, I think it hit his leg pad, and then it popped straight up in the air. Yep. Hard and to then tell. Dropped in front of him, yeah. dude. I thought I was like, God, like I threw my arms up. I'm like, damn it! And they're like, I think he made the save. Oh, yeah. he did make the save, yeah. and it was like, oh, I yeah, thought the same thing. I thought perspective because I was watching it at Global Group, and man, I I love and hate watching games and bars. Um, I'd much rather watch a game. It's not the blues in a bar, I'd, but, uh, cause it's, you don't hear the audio and it's just, you, you miss some things. Uh, and yeah, I was, I was not extremely close to the TV and I thought it might've went over, his, uh, over his head and off his back and in or something. Yeah. It looked like it popped behind yep. and then dropped and then was going to go in the net. And okay. then I saw it land in front of him and I'm like, Oh, thank God. So, uh, blues won this game two to one. Uh, you know, my, my thoughts, on this game and the season so far, you know, they've, they've, they, especially in this game, they tried to get Verona set up on the power play for the one timer, right. On mm-hmm. the boards, uh, hasn't worked yet. He flubbed a couple shot, a couple wide. Um, I like that. He has a good shot. Um, just need to keep plugging away, I guess for a little bit. Um, too many missed chances in the ozone shots wide. My God. It's like everyone has Breco shot. Um, and uh, Preko, uh, speaking of which, taking charge up the ice. He has carried the mail a number of times and been much more active in the neutral zone with the puck and carrying the puck through the zone. And I was like, this is what I talked about before the season started as far as like things that Preko used to do that I missed and that you, don't, you didn't seem to do last year or the year before, really. And he's if doing it now. If we're seeing it now, I mean, to- does it go back to Mike Van Ryan? I mean, it, it, it maybe, probably. I mean, it's a it's a defensive scheme. Players might have slightly different responsibilities, right, as far as what they're allowed to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like it. I mean, it's a, it's an it's a weapon. That neutral zone play is huge, and if you can cut through the neutral zone with, I mean, he's he's. I mean, say what you will about Preko's play the last season and a half or whatever. Um, he's still fast. He's still big. He's still lanky. And he's crafty. He's got yeah. good hands. So I, it'd be great if it'd be great if um, this was his new or responsibility, this return from the past, right? Uh, to be more active and carrying the puck uh, through the neutral zone. Um, yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was really good. I thought Falk yeah. has been really yes. good with the puck through the neutral zone. Um, again, I, I breakouts to me are, are probably more coached by like the skills coach and and Baruby, obviously his system, but. Um, yeah, I mean, there's got to be some influence. You've got to think from Mike Weber selling him, hey, we all know what you can do. Go. Like, just fucking go and do it. And um, we're starting to – we are seeing it. It's, I just thought it was it's funny. It's great go of old. It's crazy. Like, I just thought it was funny. Because, where have you been, sir? Well, because I mean, we talked about this like two weeks ago. 
right about things that are that or last week even I guess that things that we wanted to see out of Pareko and this was it and damn he's doing it right so far two games right but still two games right it, and you know Army talked about it in the presser right that he's got to be more of a Jabo type player right skate the puck out yeah don't you know don't try to you know make passes and make stupid backhand you know dumps into the middle you've got the skill skated out yeah he's doing it. Make and, that first move around a guy and yeah. kind of, you know, wedge, wedge off and, and skate by him and go, you know? So you have to wonder if it was a confidence thing, not maybe not even just in himself, but in his defensive partner and, you know, knowing the system they had, if I get burned, we're fucked because this team cannot play defense. Maybe Weber mm. has found a way to instill confidence in not only themselves, but in their own teammates and, and trusting your guys are going to be there when you need them to be because, and again, I'm not, maybe I'm giving way too much credit to a new coach here, but it just, again, it just feels different already in two games. The uh, power play, like I mentioned earlier, better versus Seattle than Dallas, still no goals, but much better against Seattle as far as uh, chances and, and shots on net and, uh, and uh, possession in the zone. Um, too many two on ones though against Seattle. There were like four or five two on ones against. That was a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's that's gotta be addressed. Um overall though, like we talked about, defense couldn't be happier, actually. The turnaround from last season so far. Um, because they you know were what's funny so is I feel like season. I feel like there's still room for improvement. Oh, yeah. I feel like oh, they yeah. could still get better. And it's like sure. hopefully we don't see and I'm sure at some point we'll see some small decline. But man, if they can play the way that we've seen the last two games, I think this is that is like ideal. Holy shit! Like this is great. But if they can even get better, oh my god, look out! Like that is well phenomenal. Sports are funny, right? Because the team can look a certain way for a little while and then fall off a cliff, or they can look a certain way and then just get progressively better. So. We'll, uh, we'll see which direction this team goes um, as the season Again, goes on. Right. I, uh, this is the last time I say it, I swear. Small sample size. Sure. But sure. can you believe, looking at how we're already kind of looking at the defense and saying, oh, man, it's better than last year, you believe Mike Van Ryan still is working in the NHL? <laughs> Come on, Toronto. You saw this defense the last couple of years. What is wrong with you? It's Toronto on a team that doesn't know how to play defense and they hire possibly the worst defensive coach in the NHL. He'll blend right in. Oh. <laughs> uh, so Shannon Kyrie got into his scrum and practice. This was yesterday. I think. Uh, according to a uh, Jim Rutherford of the athletic, uh, it did not last long and wasn't a fight, but definitely a scrum between the two. Uh, they were later seen talking, laughing, when in line for a drill. So, uh, yeah, it's funny. People get so stupid about this stuff. Um, about and I just don't think they understand. You know what goes on in hockey practices in the NHL. It, every team has this. Every once in a while, it happens. Usually, not a big deal. You know, um, it, it wasn't a. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like throwing haymakers like uh, uh, Bortuzzo did against uh, uh, Zach Sanford. Zach Sanford, yeah, Blues legend <laughs> Zach Sanford, right. Um, Stanley nope. Cup champion, Stanley Cup champion, Zach Sanford. So, um, yeah, and one of the responses to JR on Twitter um, gave a very strange response, which I thought I would I would mention just to just show how people just 
I don't know. I uh, said this is from Liut Cujo. One, you should not have to push an $8 million player to get with the program, yet the GM gave him the deal and now expects his favorite hand-picked captain to get him in line? Question mark. It seems every team, the Blues Ice, has two to three guys who don't want to be here. Why? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? About, uh, that, is, is he talking about Shen or Cairo? He's talking about Cairo who doesn't want to be here and that Shen has to try and whip him in line because the GM gave him $8 million. But then he... But he talks backhandedly about Shen too. I don't know. I, I favorite I, and handpicked captain. Like, what, what is that supposed to mean? I don't know. And but you saw a lot of this kinds of stuff. It's just you know <laughs> about the about the, the the scrum in practice, and people are like just dogging on Cairo and dogging on the Blues. Oh, what's going on? It's a big problem. No, it isn't. It's not a big problem at all. It's I, just I did. I will say I I think I saw more and it's because of what happened in 2019. Yes. I saw more positivity this time around. Well, in 2019 it was implode, trade everyone. Obviously these all these guys all hate each other and it's like and and I hate to, well, to do this, but to pat ourselves on the back, but every person who's ever played fucking hockey was saying, "Hey, this is this happens. This is part of the game. It happens in practice. These guys are one, they're around each other all the time. And two, like they practice almost every day. They're sitting in team meetings. Like they're close. They trust me. It's like a brother brother relationship. Yeah. So yeah. What do you do with your brothers, right? Sometimes Kurt, you fight. I know you know. Sometimes, Sometimes you, fight. you fucking fight. Yes. I mean, you don't you, you love your brothers, but you, you, you fight. Sometimes I love my brother. We used to it's fight just, all the time when yeah. we were kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's just a lack of perspective on the game, and I don't know. And again, uh, to touch on back with earlier, social media kind of allows people to have voices larger than what they probably should have with stuff like this. So uh, it just makes it seem well, like the fact that it was really nothing. I mean, yeah. you know, it, I'm well, not blaming friend of the show, Jr. I'm just saying like, you know, you know, he put this out there. He's like, yeah, oh, I should to. probably put this out there. Because I would I'm too. Reporting on the team. Yeah, I would too. But so I don't blame him one bit, but yeah, you know that some people are just going to run this to the ground and be like, Oh, <laughs> what the hell's going on with this team? And it's, Calm yeah. the fuck down. This happens. Right. And, you know, the, the comment hand pick captain, it's better than the, you know, pull the name out of a hat captain. I think that's how Eric Brewer got it, right? <sighs> what does that mean, hand pick captain? I didn't really of course get that either. Hand pick. They, 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 they picked him as a captain. No, I will say, I always, and I think we've said this on the show, I do like when they let the team vote on the captain. The yeah, Blues don't do that. It's always been Armstrong picking it. Um, so I, I, I think that's what he's saying is like Armstrong picked this guy. Nobody else did. But well, it's like, why are you dogging Shen? Like, I think what everyone I, would agree that Shen was the right choice. Yeah. From what I understand, Brube and Armstrong had meetings on this. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure Brube brought the, the team perspective to the table as far as right. input for this decision, too. So. Uh, but yeah, ultimately it is Armstrong's decision, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, Either way, I yeah. this was I, I think the one in, situation. The one in 2019 was on video, so that kind of put it more in the spotlight. Understandably so, people saw it, and it was it was pretty good. <laughs> that was a. I mean, there was some haymakers thrown by. Uh, oh, that was a real fight. Yeah. Well, for one side, uh, 
I don't think yeah. Sanford threw any punches at all. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's, uh, don't, I remember don't, going, don't freak out, well, and, that, and again, this is, this is the creation of social media has changed so many aspects of our lives. I remember back watching, um, I want to say it was 2003 training camp. Some kid came into training camp. Keith Kachuk was on his team. They had like the blue versus the yellow team. And some dude, this this kid, I remember who it was, ran McKinnis. Like, it wasn't even that hard. He just, he kind of gave him an extra shot after he cleared the puck into the boards. And Kachuk, same team as this kid, came up, dropped his gloves, and dropped a couple fists on him, and then skated right to the penalty box. Like, it was like, or no, I think he skated off. It was like, I'm done. And it was like, what the hell? And it's like, yeah, dude. This is hockey. That's what we do. We protect our our people. We, you know, play hard. We go at it sometimes. That's just what happens with hockey sometimes. It's a heated game. Uh, Delabor Dvorsky, Blues first round draft pick, number 10 of Raw, was reassigned to the OHL Sudbury Wolves. Uh, he was playing for SHL's uh, IK Askarsham. Askarsham? Uh, Askarsham. Askarsham. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to work here anymore. Not going to work here no more. <laughs> Selected by the Blues, 10th uh, overall in the last draft. Uh, he appeared in 10 games, zero points. Uh, last two games, uh, his ice time was 135 and 44 seconds. <laughs> Recorded just 11 shots, uh, none in the past three games. He is eligible for the AHL in 2024-25. There was a lot of speculation online about whether he was eligible for the AHL now. And uh, apparently that's not the case. Yeah, basically the Blues' choice was either reassign him to uh, Sudsbury, who selected him in the, um, what do they call that, the export draft? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the the European export draft, where basically it's like if a player comes over, we have his rights. Uh, And so that's what they did. And the Blues' option was either send him there or have him play for the Blues. And obviously, I don't think the Blues are ready to play an 18-year-old yeah, at no. this point. Um, so uh, it was said that uh, after evaluating Dalibor's situation in Sweden and uh, talking with him and his representatives, we jointly decided that the opportunity to play regular minutes at Sudbury against his peer group in the OHL would be the best thing for his development at this time. We look forward to watching his continue, continued growth as a player. Uh, Dvorsky, who was 18 years old, wasn't progressing toward a top-six role with Oscar Sham, and in fact, didn't have much of a role at all. The club was in last place, uh, 14th in the SHL standings with a record of 2-8. and eight. Dvorsky didn't have any points, and his ice time had been limited to just, uh, we talked about that. Um, Sudbury uh, GM Rob Papineau said, uh, Dalibor is working into a great situation, walking into a great situation. We're bringing him into a, to be a top-line guy. That's where he fits in our plans right now. The one area we have been struggling early on is our power play. And that's sort of an area where he, that he specializes in as well. He's going to get a lot of opportunity to develop in all situations. Uh, and Dvorsky uh, was the best Blues player in their prospect camp in July and figured to have a, a chance to make the team out of training camp next summer or if not a year later. So uh, rough start for him, uh, needless to say, in Sweden. But hopefully uh, he'll get more ice time uh, in a better situation with uh, Sudbury. Um. Oh, go ahead, Bill. I was going to say, and he's protected by Shorzy playing for Sudbury. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. 
Um, so yeah, apparently, um, his average ice time was low as hell, 10, yep. 10. Um, and, uh, basically, uh, our friend actually, uh, you can follow her on, um, Twitter at V R A I N nine one. Uh, our friend Vanessa Graff, uh, who has co-hosted the show a couple times. Um, she, uh, basically broke it down very well on Twitter. You can, uh, go to my page. I retweeted her earlier today. Um, but basically, uh, her big thing was basically he, they didn't let him play center. Um, apparently he has like always played center. Um, now as an 18 year old, he will continue to grow and eventually be in a winger position. But when you're playing in the first tier of the SHL and cause he was second tier last year, which he excelled at and he played center all the time when you're moved to the first tier and you're told you're playing wing and you're only getting 10 minutes of ice time, uh, that's that's not going to work out for you. Uh, so I think sending him to the OHL, letting him groom a little bit as a player, you know, people, I saw people saying like, oh no, did the Blues make it bad draft pick. Way too early to tell here. Uh, like you said, Kurt, every person I talked to that saw him in prospect camp uh, said he was the best player out there. Um, and we saw him a little bit in the preseason, you know, needed some conditioning, needed some work, but Overall, a pretty good player. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, nothing to worry about here. I think this is just a good uh, asset management move by the Blues to go ahead and let him play in OHL, let him season there, let him marinate. And when he's ready for NHL primetime, you can put him on the wing and he's going to be fine. Uh, next up for the St. Louis Blues, uh, Thursday, which if you're listening to the podcast is tonight, probably. If you're listening to the podcast on Thursday, it's tonight. If you're listening uh, on Friday, it was last yesterday. Week. Yeah. Uh, versus the, uh, I don't know why I love doing that to you, but I do <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Winnipeg Phoenix, Arizona at seven o'clock, 2024 blues hall of fame class. Oh, pff, I'm skipping my head here. Um, <laughs> you're, just, you're just reading the script. Well, so Thursday versus I, I'm this, you put this in here. So Thursday versus, uh, Arizona at seven o'clock. And then you've got as a subheading, 2024 Blues Hall of Fame class announced. Yeah, they're announcing the class tomorrow night. At, at, during the game. Before, before the game, before I think. Before the game. Okay. Yeah. Right. So be in your seats by <laughs> 7 o'clock, I believe. Okay. Um, yes, I put in there OG Winnipeg, Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. just to fuck with you, and I'm glad it worked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Next time, just go with fuck you, San Diego. <laughs> Fuck you, Arizona. <laughs> uh, Saturday, we play uh, Pittsburgh at 7 o'clock. And Tuesday, we're in Winnipeg at 7.45. And uh, Tuesday is the uh, the day of the NHL is doing their NFL Red Zone uh, uh, copycat thing. Uh, whip, 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 whip around show? <laughs> is that what you yeah, call Well, them? that's what they call them, apparently. I didn't know that. I learned that today. No. Frozen apparently, yeah. they call those NFL Red Zone type shows. They call those whip around shows. I like it. I like yeah. that. Uh, the Frozen Frenzy. So I I wish they'd do this. This, this is a trial, right? They're going to do this once, and if it goes over well, they'll they'll do it again, I guess. But I just like to say, I, do it. Just do it all the time. I hate how they're doing it, though, because it's starting yeah. at 6 our time. Yeah. It starts on ESPN+, Plus, but then at 7, they're moving it to ESPN2. And I'm like, just have it on one channel. What are here's you doing? An, here's an idea. Have it start at noon. I know it's during the week, yes. but still, if you start, I mean, oh, they're staggering the start times by, was it 15 minutes or whatever it is? 
And I'm like, okay, so they can get, they can have the staggered start times, but but started at noon and you can stagger them by like an hour, right or whatever, yeah, an hour and a half, and you can play. Well, you yeah. have to hope that if they do this on a Saturday, that eventually they'll have something like that. This is just their trial run. Let's see how it goes, because I think there's going to be some hiccups with it being again hockey isn't football. Football is that's different. Okay, it, there's a there's a break in play. Let's go to the next game. There's break in play. Let's go to the next game. This is. Okay, there's power play. Go. Oh, my God, a goal scored. Go. Like, this is going to be a – it's a trial for us, and it's a trial for ESPN. I'm Yeah, I'm very curious to see how it's going to work because, like you said, football, there's a lot of downtime, right? Yeah. A, a play takes six, seven seconds, and there's a, and there's 35 seconds of downtime. Yep. So – or whatever it is. So this will be interesting because everything's – play doesn't stop that much. In the NHL. Well, and then also they're concluding the coverage at 10 – so basically, you're just saying, fuck you, West Coast. Like, I haven't checked. I don't know if there is West Coast. Are they teams, 10? Really? I thought they were playing yeah. every every team's in action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they're, they're, they should cover, surely, I haven't looked. all game long. Maybe, maybe all the West Coast teams are on an Eastern Conference trip or something. But Man. I feel like that's crazy to me. There's not a West Coast game. I'll look it up. But, yeah, that's they did the specifically say coverage ends at 10 p.m. Eastern. I guess and I'm I, just like, okay, yeah. so what do you? What it's got to be. Then? Well, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But I guess they 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 stagger the start times by like, I don't know what it is, ten or fifteen minutes. I guess fifteen that. minutes. Um, so they can have a bunch of games overlapping at one time, so they'll have more options to go to. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, starts at six p.m. Central, ESPN Plus. So I'll be. I'll be watching, I guess, Tuesday. All right, let me see. Uh, re- Tuesday. All right, yeah. So here's here's the start times for all the games. 6, 6, 30, 6, 45, 7, 7, 15, 7, 30, 7, 45, 8, 8, 15, uh, 8, 30, 8, 45, 9, 9, 15, 9, 45, 10, 30, and 11. So, like, you're literally telling those last three games to fuck off because you're just like. Are you sure that they're concluding at? I'm telling you, that is what the press release said. Okay. Maybe it was... Okay. It's 10 p.m. Maybe I put... Ooh, maybe it's 11 Eastern? Oh, shit. Well, now I don't trust myself. (laughs) (laughs) I would... They've got to stay with it through all the games. They'd have to. And I was going to make a... You know, well, you know they have to cut it off so that they can do a, you know, fantasy football draft recap show. Oh, of course. Red CSPN, that's what they do. And surely there's going to be games the night before and the night after, right? So some teams playing back-to-back because they're not going to have two out of three days with no hockey, right? Yeah. I'd imagine. Okay. Probably. I'm looking it up. I'll, I'll, All right. I, uh, I'll so rapid-fire tidbits from around the NHL. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov uh, had a super slow shootout goal last night that kind of had people pissed off on the social medias as everyone is inclined to be nowadays on social media. They're all pissed off at everything. Um, but we, we've got it here. We'll let you look at it for those who are, are watching. Tetsov will be the first shooter against Ilya Sorokin. Oh, and this is not going to be fast. <laughs> He's not even going to carry the buck. Kuznetsov trying to lull him to sleep. And he scores! Picked up the pace at the very end and put a 
Blocker side on Sorokin. So, FYI, sorry, r- real quick. It is 11 yep. Eastern, so 10 Central, that they will stop coverage. So four hours total. Back to you, Kurt. Okay, I, I, that just blows my mind that they would. Yep. Okay. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> he skates in from the time he crosses the blue line. It's like five plus seconds. Um, and people, are, this should be a shootout clock. Five seconds. You know, five seconds to from you touch the puck <laughs> to when you have to you have to shoot. And I'm like, the play from when he touched the center was probably like maybe seven or eight seconds. I don't know. We're talking like two or three seconds here. People get upset about. Um, I don't know. I. I don't know what you guys, how you guys feel about this, but uh, I, I don't get the outrage um, over this. He he didn't stop. He skated in super slow, but I mean he didn't stop. He didn't didn't cut back against the grain and bring the puck backwards. He didn't do any of that. So, Bill, right. as a goalie, how how do you feel about this? Um, I feel like it's you know because uh, Natsov knowing Sorokin. Right, their fellow countrymen probably you know played against one another in the off season, and probably you know part of it's messing with his head. Do you think Sorokin should have played this better? He stood at the top of the crease the whole time. He didn't come out at all. He he, uh, I think he proves Kuznetsov's point with this, right? Because he was the first one to act, right? When Kuznetsov got close to the crease. He made but, the move, and Kuznetsov was able to make the the quick move to the left. The only thing quick about this whole thing, and <laughs> and put it in. Right, but but I mean, Sorokin just stands right at the top of the crease the whole time. Do, I mean, guys coming in, shouldn't you come out and then ease off to cut? I mean, to have that angle, so you're you're you've got an angle advantage uh, on this situation a little bit anyway. Not not way out, but I mean. It, you know what I mean? How- yeah, it, it 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 could have been all of you know, because Netsov knew what Sorokin was going to do that he wasn't going to challenge him past the top okay. of the crease, and he took advantage of it. And Sorokin got to the point where he was impatient and made the made the wrong move. He was also made just, the first move, and it was the wrong move. He was also staying in one spot the entire time, and it was just like, you know, just there's something to be said for probably you know being somewhat to be able to. You you feel like you're planted at one spot. I don't know. I, it seems weird to me that you're just going to stand there uh, while he comes in for five seconds in one spot while he comes in. Weird to me. Um, I don't. I, as far as the goal goes, I I don't know. I don't care. But it's also that I am on the bandwagon of just abolish the fucking shootout. Uh, do whatever you can to get rid of it. Um, it, there was some talk uh, yesterday about uh, shootout or not shootout uh, overtime. Um, I can't remember what it was that that caused it, but there was the overtime discussion again of like, oh, what do we do? You know, we need to, you know, overtime is a joke now. Three on three. There's too much puck control, blah, blah, blah. Let's look into that and cause less shootouts or even find a way to just get rid of shootouts. I'm fine. I know you guys don't agree. I'd be fine with seven, eight, nine minute, ten minute, whatever, three on three, get oh. rid of the shootout, and then it ends in a tie. I don't care. No, no, no ties. No, no, no. I will. Do you, I, so if it came down to it, you would say I'd rather have a shootout than a tie. Oh yeah. Uh, but okay, but do this. Give me. I, I've said this from the beginning before they even had three on three overtime. I said do four on four for ten minutes. That's what I said. 
And I said, after 10 minutes, then go to three on three. You know, the, after the first whistle after 10 minutes, then you go to three on three. Yeah, um, I think if you go 10 minute overtime, no matter what form it is, I think you get a goal. So, and if it doesn't, I think at that point, I'm probably okay with a shootout because it's going to be so fucking rare. But well, that's that's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah. I, back and back in the day when there were ties, I was like, I'd almost rather lose than get a tie because you go to a game, you spend your money, you, you, you watch, and it's like, and nothing is determined. Both teams get a point. It's just nobody wins. And it's like, yeah, I mean, okay. I, I'd rather there be an outcome. I'd rather be angry and and uh, uh, wanting revenge for next time if we lost, or I'd rather be you know uh, happy that we won. I want some emotion as opposed to, eh. I mean, kissing your sister, right? Uh, no thanks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I this move as far as it goes, though. I know that, and that was the argument, right? People might be wondering what, if for those of you might maybe not on social media. I'm wondering why we're even talking about it. Um, it's because I guess people are saying that this is not the spirit of the shootout. When they invented the shootout for the NHL, not invented, but implemented the shootout into the NHL, um, they basically did not have this in mind. It was a, we expect super exciting, fast moving skating, great stick moves, not this slow motion, slow motion shoot. Um, so I get to a certain extent, I don't like it. But he's well with and I don't think, like you said, Kurt, I don't see a shot clock being what <laughs> that's stupid to me. We don't need a shot clock, um, right? Yeah, go ahead, Bill. I, I not, see, not in the shootout, right? Maybe shootout. you know, I, I saw some, some Twitter conversation about um, a shootout in the overtime period or a, a shootout, a shot, uh, shot clock. clock in the overtime period, right? Because I, I think that the post they, was yeah. uh, Seattle had two series of 100-second possessions with no shots. And that's yep. just, you know, co- coaches are really the problem with, with overtime, right? They, they've, they've put way too much emphasis on total control of the puck. And, you know, well, there, there's, you've got to find a way to incentivize shots. It's total control of the puck, and it's also not allowing the other team to change either. Because yeah. if you got the puck, mm-hmm. they 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 yeah, well, as inclined to change. Thomas, Kyrou, and Falk were out there for like what a, almost two minutes. Well, yeah, a minute and a right? half. I think it was a minute forty, something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot. So um, I, I, it's, I, it's all um, coaching strategy, and it yeah. it's it's the exact coaching. opposite of what was intended. Yeah, coach coaching has ruined the three on three overtime that was exciting for a while. Well, and it's um, it's it's just funny to say that coaching has ruined. It's coaching figured out. Oh yeah, know, sure. Is really what it is. Sure, and I and it and you know I don't know if four on four would fix it, um, or if some kind of a you know uh, back across center rule like in the NBA. You know you can't go back across center once you have that's, possession. That's always been my solution. Is yeah, I mean, you you add a half court, well half ice violation where if you take the puck and you cross back past the red line once you cross it, uh, you get a two minute penalty and boom, it's a four on three or it's just or it's just a goal change of possession. I don't know if I call it a penalty. Just just cha- turn it over. You know, whistle so you just and dump it back behind the other net. I don't know. I don't know. He figured out. That's <laughs> <laughs> not my job. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe start behind the net. I think it should team. be a penalty. 
Make it make it impossible. Like make it be like right. if you do well, this, you are fucked. You are fucking yourself. A minute penalty? Not not two minutes. It's a five oh, minute yeah, overtime. Two minutes. Eh, yeah, maybe a two minute. minutes. It's a five minute overtime. It's almost half the period. I know. I, I so don't a fucking do it. A minute's a lot of time. A minute's a lot of time when in three on three. Okay, so make it two minutes, and you are fucking really telling teams like, don't do it. Don't do it because you are going to have to kill penalty for two minutes in overtime. What if it's an accidental? Like, oh, the puck scored. It has to be carry back, right? Not yeah, like you back. lose possession. I think if it's a situation where you when you cross the red line and you have the puck, if you try to slide it back to your goalie, let's say, and the goalie's like, "Fuck, I can't play this," and or like the defenseman's back there and he's like, "Fuck, I can't play it." It's like a high stick from a teammate. Like they just have to like hover over the puck until the other team touches it. I think there's a lot of intangibles with with the crossing center that we haven't thought about, but I'd love to explore it. I, that'd be I, yeah, I, anything yeah. really make make overtime more exciting. A shot clock, shot clock's not see, anything I'm super interested in, but I'd be willing to explore it. See, I don't, I, I don't, I don't hate the shootout. I, 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 I'd much rather there be a longer overtime and the games and more games. And not many games go to over to go to shootouts, even though Blues have it two already. But uh, how about a three man sack race uh, on consecutive <laughs> Sundays until a champion is crowned? <laughs> uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm not against the shootout at all. I, I think it's uh, exciting as a, as a forward. I think it's fun. Um, you know, it's, it's on the teams. They had 65 minutes to determine a winner. They couldn't do it. Then here's a shootout. It's, that's your punishment. Can't determine a winner in 65 minutes. And here's your punishment. Shootout. What about goalie on goalie one-on-one? <laughs> I like the idea we had a couple of years ago. I don't remember that. I think, Bill, you, you missed that show. WWE style. Every 30 seconds, you add a player to the, to the <laughs> rink. Uh, what was that Royal Rumble? Is that what that is? Yeah. Uh, is that the Royal Rumble? <laughs> it might be. I think so. Where it's like every minute a new guy comes out. I don't know. I'm an adult. I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> burn to covered, my brother. We've, right. We've <laughs> covered that in depth, right? Like this this show is not the like this isn't the intersection on the Venn diagram of of wrestling, wrestling. and, and yeah. hockey. We, we are the intersection of beer and hockey. Beer and hockey, yes. which is much more relatable, I'd say. Yeah. There are dude, <laughs> come on. There are plenty of wrestling and hockey fans. Oh, I'm yes. not. I'm oh, not there are. I'm not. I'm not saying not. I'm just. I'm just saying that we, we are not them. Yeah, not and them. and and you know, I like chocolate and I like steak. I don't necessarily want to have Hershey's syrup on top of my my, uh, you know, Ooh. tenderloin. Either I, I tell you what. I this tell is you totally what. unrelated. This is totally unrelated. We went to Bass Pro over here at Sunset Hills for the first time mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. They had these things. It wasn't beef jerky. They were called steak bites. I've had them. They're so fucking good. Is it? Oh the, my god! It's I not, can't it's not like them. in a bag, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's or looks like a beef jerky bag, but it's yeah, but they're, they're steak bites. They're not yeah. like thin. They're, right. they're like kind of like big. Like yes, nuggets. They're nuggets. Yeah. yeah, and oh my god, they're so good. Yeah, I used to get them often actually, until I uh, got a meat slicer and I buy my own top round and make my own beef jerky now. Uh, Matt Harris, Jim Ro- Ross voice. By God, that's Zach Sanford. He killed him. He killed him. I, I watched a lot of wrestling growing up. LMAO. Yeah, yeah dude, I I'm. Uh, I, 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 
I did too. I watched a lot of Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Undertaker. Oh yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I I I I mean, I've seen wrestling bits and pieces uh, nowadays, and I'm like. I don't know. My personal opinion, it, it sucks now. It used to be so I will much say, more comic booky, uh, you know, cartoony as a kid. Now it's just like, yeah, I, it's, I don't know. I will say that I, um, I guess kind of in hindsight now, I have been, I had a friend turn me on to like the best, like he had me watch. It was like 20 minutes. The best, uh, the rock performances in WWE. And I have been in hindsight watching The Rock on WWE because I was way past my time. And I will say he was fucking amazing in WWE. Like his people's elbow thing he did was, you know, can you smell what The yeah. Rock is cooking? Like he was so theatrical and it made it so much fun. Do you know what's great is that you'll see a lot now of uh, wrestlers from when I was a kid, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hulk Hogan, Jimmy's mm. Superfly Snooker, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you know, Macho Man, uh, Ultimate Warrior, all those guys, Under the Giant. Um, there's tons of documentaries now coming out about these guys. And they are they have, like, podcasts, and they have, like, little video shorts and stuff about, you know, just cool, funny stories. Um, and that's cool, because that was my childhood. I like that. That was So I, I'll, I'll sit and watch some of those. Have but. you seen um, the uh, the trailer for the new Zac Efron movie about wrestling? No. Oh God, Iron Iron Fist. Oh, what's it called? Fist it of Fury. Looks Monkey Fist. Incredible. <laughs> no, it's not Monkey Fist. It's also not Monkey Bone. <laughs> there should be a movie called Monkey Fist. Monkey Fist. <laughs> That reminds me of the of a very great Simpsons episode. <laughs> have you seen Hard Ticket to Hawaii, Jeff? No, I've not. Look up Hard Ticket to Hawaii. It might be on YouTube. I, no, I don't think it is actually. Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Watch it. If you you like B movies, um, you like like so bad they're funny and like entertaining. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, of course. Hard Those Ticket to great. Hawaii. Check that. Okay, out. so. Uh, all right, the movie I'm thinking of. Why is it not popping up here? Oh, there it is. Upcoming Iron Claw. It's called the Iron Claw. Yeah. With Zach Efron and the guy who played Lip Oh, the Von Erichs. Um... Yeah, yes. the Von Erichs. Yes. 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 Yeah, that oh, was when I was a so kid. Good. Yeah, Kara, uh, Kevin and Carrie Von Erich. Yeah, and Carrie Von oh, Erich had a Matt, wooden, Matt wooden leg, a fake foot. Matt Harris, yeah. the new Efron movie about the Von Erichs looks incredible. See, yeah, and again, dude, that was when I was so a kid. Good. Those wrestling yep. was good. My dad went to see Fritz Von Erich, the patriarch uh, of the yeah. Von Erichs. He used yeah. to tell me about that. Yeah. And you know how, you know, even back then people had, you know, struggles with uh, keeping reality separated and said one night <laughs> they went and uh, a lady <laughs> as as he's coming down the aisle, a lady uh, stuck him in the ass with a hat needle. And, oh, yeah. So, oh, Jesus. That's those are big. Ruined the night. Yes. Big? Yeah. Say, those things are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. trust me, I know how big that is. <laughs> uh... No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ken Morris, uh, who wants to watch WWE? This is a dark joke for wow. Ken Morris here. Who no. wants to watch WWE when CNN is airing Real Wars? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, we talk about the war uh, uh, Israel. We're we talking about the war in the house right now with the boats and the right. Of the house. <laughs> I'm guessing he's talking about Israel. Okay. There's a couple, I mean, a couple fronts of wars that are going on there. I think he's talking about the war that is real. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, terrible right. joke. Sorry. I'm a dad. I get a pass. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Should I close the show? I think we're done, guys. <laughs> I, I think so. All right. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is in progress. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockandthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockandthatidlife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at uh, rockandthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokered Realty. Visit Strike with Mike uh, today for all of your home buying and selling needs. Uh, you can email him at mike at strikewithmike.com. And by Center Ice Breweries, St. Louis' tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery Beer. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode number two of season 13 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. For Bill Day, Jeff Ponder, and I don't know where the fuck Austin Lynch is, I'm Kurt Price. Until <laughs> next time, everyone. Let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go blues. Buy some pride tape. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score, they are quite a hockey team, my friends.